Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another exciting edition of the Big Red Bus as we take the glorious monstrosity out onto the streets of Chicago for the first time in, it seems like a month, maybe even longer. And with me is my trusty co-pilot, the great one, Doug Tonus. How you doing, brother? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm befuddled. We're, we started recording. It's normally one, two, three, then go. And you just went on, on, on three, three, two, one. I mean, it's... Should we start this over? No, I mean, I, I, think, wanna... I think I recovered, but it was it was really trying. It's It's been a weird month. It's been, it's a, been so long. It's been so That's long. That's why. We, we've forgotten. Yeah, it's been a long time. I'm, uh, yeah, it's a busy month for me, obviously, uh, if uh, we didn't make it, and probably the same for you, but it's great and, and maybe perfect for the two of us to get back after this win today against the Grizzlies, you know, being that you can now be in all your sea red glory and uh, not at a more depressing time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, why should we be depressed? The, the return of the Red Leviathan, it's been unbelievable how well this team has played, for the most part, with a few exceptions. The Laker game at home comes to mind. But for the most part, even in the Clippers' loss, I thought the Bulls played pretty good for, for a half there. Overall, their play has been much improved since the acquisition of Patrick Beverly, and especially, to me, Zach Levine. I don't think enough people are talking about just the exceptional play overall since the All-Star break of Zach Levine. I know in the month of March, he averaged pretty much around 30 points at very high efficiency almost like basically a 50 40 90 and it's continued again today what say you about the great Zach Levine yeah Zach's been amazing I'm a little annoyed about the Pat Bev effect <laughs> like it's kind of funny how like it, so I, I feel like he I'm sure had an effect but man do people like just give him all the credit for what has happened in a way that just seems a little weird you know what other team is is doing really well now uh, is the Lakers, who once had Patrick Beverly, and somehow lost him and recovered. You know, I don't know how that thing could possibly have happened, losing the Pat Bev effect. Um, but Pat, Pat Beverly has done some good stuff, but he's, he's replaced Io, who has just played really poorly this year. And I think that is more about replacing two guys in the starting lineup who weren't really doing that great with two solid veterans that don't need a lot of touches, can play a lot of defense, and, and complement the starters better. And, and Pat Beverly has certainly been a part of that, but I don't think it needed to be him and his all his antics and other stuff is, is really what's making things move. In fairness to, to the other two players that you referred of who left the starting lineup in Io and, and Patrick Williams, I think they've both done very well in their bench role. Patrick Williams, it's, all, it's night and day how well he's played off the bench uh, since he was basically relegated to that position after um, uh, they inserted Caruso in for him basically. And then I know he's come back and, and, and come into the starting lineup with Crusoe out due to injury. And in those games, he's played rather poorly. It's very clear to me he's much better suited for the reserve role. He's played very well in that role. Just leave him in that role. Let him succeed in that role. Forget about where he was drafted and let him be a nice, solid rotation player coming off the bench. What say you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's also tough because the starters have so many touches. You know, it's just, it's it's really tough to to get the looks when you're in the starting lineup compared to when you're on the bench. So, you know, that that's definitely a piece of it too, is that you can be a little bit more free uh, when he's on the bench. He can touch the ball more when he's on the bench and maybe get into his groove a little bit more on the bench. So I definitely think there's some positives for him there, uh, you know, to be able to get his game on track. And that, that definitely has happened. I, I agree with you. So right now, the Bulls, as, as we stand, are to the 10th seed. They pretty much, I think they have what now? Uh, almost, let's see. Uh, four games left. Four, four games left, but they have basically on, on 11. I mean, they're, they're in the playoffs pretty much. They're in the play-in. They're going to be the 10th seed. Yeah, they're, they're at least in the play-in. I mean, they're, they're in the play-in. We should, wouldn't even say at least. They're definitely in the play-in. The only question is whether they're going to make the top half of the play-in where you only have to win one game or whether they're going to be in the bottom half of the play-in where you have to win two games. To that end... In the last 10, they're 7-3. and three. They've won two in a row. The Raptors, who are currently the 8th seed at 39-39, are also 7-3 and three in their last 10. The team that's struggling is, is the Atlanta Hawks. So Atlanta's 38-39 and 39 right now, 4-6 um, and six in their last 10. The Bulls have a massive game against Atlanta coming up on Tuesday. It's a must-win situation. I mean, I'm really big on, you know, the Bulls really need to win, at least be at home and, and get that first game. Ideally, they could get the you know, the eighth seed, and then go play the Heat. Um, I, I like that matchup for the beloved. And then, you know, regardless, they'll have a home game against either the Hawks or Raptors if they can somehow sneak up to eight. 
What do you feel looking at the remaining schedule? Are you of the mind that the Bulls can do that? I think they, I mean, it's basically a toss up, right? Atlanta, it, as we are talking about this now, is in an overtime game. And if they lose it, they'll be tied with the Bulls for ninth. Uh, the Bulls do not own the tiebreaker against Toronto. So they're effectively one game back against Toronto now. And, you know, Toronto's playing really well. They would need to, you know, finish two games better over the rest of the, each of them have four. So they need Toronto to, to go one and three or two and two if the Bulls could win all four to pass Toronto. So I think, I think that's like maybe a stretch that we can pass Toronto. I think the best odds actually are if the Bulls beat the Hawks and the Hawks, Raptors, and Bulls all finish tied, then Chicago would get the tiebreaker. So I think that's the most likely scenario, in which case the Bulls could get eighth. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just really hard to see, you know, how we're going to, you know, beat uh, the Raptors. You know, I don't think we're going to go 4-0, and I don't think the Raptors are going to do it bad. Well, the last game against Milwaukee is probably not going to mean anything. The Bucks will probably rest everyone. Yeah. So to review one more time, I'm sorry, because I didn't pick, pick up my what I said there. The Raptors have left. They have Boston twice and in the fa- final game of the season against Milwaukee. Right now, the Celtics are one and a half games behind the Bucks for the second seed. The Sixers are three and a half games behind the Celtics. So uh, is that right? Uh, no, two and a half. Two and a half games behind the Celtics. It's going to be tough. It's going to be really difficult, but it's entirely possible the Raptors could lose a le- those last three games. So the, so the, the Bucks probably won't be playing anyone in the last game. So they probably win that one. And then they have a game against, who was it, Charlotte? It's like some loser team was their next game. Are you talking about, um, are you talking about the, uh, the Raptors? About the Bucks. Yeah, the Rap- uh, Raptors. Sorry. The Raptors, the Raptors have yeah, won their next today. Game against Charlotte. Yeah, their next game against Charlotte. And they play Charlotte again in two days. You're so right. if they beat Charlotte and they beat Milwaukee because Milwaukee doesn't play anyone, the Bulls have to win all four games to pass them. Hmm. Now let's go over those four games, though. Can we for a second uh, for the beloved Bull? Let's let's do that right now. The Bulls' remaining games: Atlanta on Tuesday. Um, you know, I'm feeling really good about that one. That one's at home. Should feel good to get about it. Atlanta's struggling. Four and six feels like. I think we'll win that game. Then we go we'll at game. Milwaukee on on That's Wednesday. Be a tough one. Back to back, it will be a tough one. At Dallas on Friday. Uh, Dallas is obviously struggling, but not an easy place to win. And then, and, and Dallas needs the game too, right? I think. So Possibly. Dallas, not, uh, Dallas is 11th seed right now. They are one full game behind the Thunder, so you're right. They'll probably, they're 3-7. and seven They or probably seven. won't be eliminated yet. And they'll certainly be, certainly be playing for the win, for the, the play, and I would guess. But you know, like I, I think Dallas is playing poorly. It's not out of the question the Bulls could go three and one, like with that Bucks loss. I mean, clearly you think if the game means something, we'll beat the Pistons at home to finish the season. So, yeah, Bulls could go three and one. Yeah, three and one would put them then at forty-one and forty-one on the season, which I, I think, considering where they were. Right, uh, was it right before the All Star break where they had, or right after the All Star break, they lost six in a row? I mean that that's not a bad <laughs> that's not a bad finish to really kind of turn it around. There's to me a lot of shades of the three Alpha squad, which if you recall, everybody had left them for dead right around the the trade deadline when they moved Taj Gibson for uh, and, and Doug. How McDermott. far did they go in the playoffs? Well, they won two games in the playoffs, and they oh, would have okay. won gone to the Eastern Conference Finals if it wasn't for a broken thumb by by Rondo. So they were a broken thumb mm-hmm. away from going to Eastern Conference Finals. But yeah, for sure, for that, sure. That's my point. Is that no? <laughs> that's the only thing reason they lost. It, it, it's a big reason they lost. They were dominating those first two games with Jimmy and Dwayne, and uh, it was a great team. If, you're, if your point is this team could maybe win two playoff games. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, there you go. I just say, I think the Bulls, right now, the way Zach Levine's playing, they're going to be a very difficult out if he continues to play at this level. He's playing at Yeah, so level. when they play Milwaukee or Boston in the first round, how many games do you think that series is going to go? 4-2. So a really Six difficult games. out would be less than seven games. 
Yeah, be really the, they'll bring the they'll put okay. the fear in God in them in both teams. Uh, yeah, I'm two sure. Teams. Most teams have the fear of hey, God. Don't in them bring me down closing. on this DT. You're, you're trying to bring me down. With, after today's I'm not, victory, I'm just saying, like, I, I feel pretty ex- darn excited about this team. I think there's if Patrick. Well, that's Williams, fine. Then say they could say. Then tell me, I think they could beat Boston, or tell me, I think they could beat Milwaukee. I think they could. And you could say that. I was going to say they could have beat. I don't Boston mind if I don't mind Boston if you want to say that. Um, but it, but if you're not going to say that and you're going to say they're going to lose 4-2, then don't tell me how great that is. I don't care if we lose to Boston or walking 4-2. It's not great. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, let's go on to a different topic. I'm not going to let you bring okay. it down. Okay. I think let's right now. On. That's I, fine. Look, all I'm saying is just say they can win. Say, I think they have a chance. I think they have a real chance. I think they have a 10% chance against Boston. I think they have a 5% chance against Milwaukee of winning the first round. <laughs> Not good, yeah, that, but those, it's there. Those numbers aren't exciting to me, but I actually <laughs> think they're better than that, to be honest with you. Really? Even though like, I'm sounding negative, yeah, I think they've got like a probably 30% chance of beating either of those teams. Wow. So I'm actually more optimistic than Unbelievable. You. See, Red Doug, I'd love it. That's great. 30%. That's, that's huge, DT. I can't even believe that you would think that, but that's great to hear. I'm not, I'm not even that rosary on their chances. I, 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 you know, I, I think it's, it'll take a miracle, it'll take a, just a – incredible effort from DeRozan and, and, and Zach Levine, but. No, I mean, like, they could have an injury in the first round, you know? You never know. The other team could have something go wrong. Like, anything can happen. Like, you get into a series, I think I think just the odds are, you know, you have you always have a chance. I think even when you're a super underdog, you have at least a 10% chance. Like, a 10% is like, yeah, you really aren't even close. I, I think the Bulls would be a tougher, like, 7 or 8 seed than a, another team. If they finish nine or ten, do you think they're going to win that first game? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to go up. If they finish nine or ten, they're going to play Atlanta in the first game, and I think they'll beat Atlanta. And then the next game against Toronto, in Toronto, right? Or or Miami, depending yep. who wins. That'll be tough. Those, I mean, like oh, I, I, those teams are also pretty good. Yeah, they're very similar so, to the Bulls. You know, they, I would say the, the, you know, like they, those are both teams that. Maybe maybe like the Raptors are also kind of playing well recently. Miami has underachieved a little bit, but is a quality team. You know, like it's gonna the, those will both be tough games. I'd, I'd call them like fifty fifties. I'm gonna say here's one way to victory here: Bulls get into the a six a seven game series. So let's get through. Even if we end up nine or ten, and I'm gonna look back at the season as a positive overall. If they can win, if they can get into a seven game series against a one seed or, or you know. Miracle of miracles somehow uh, against a two seed and win two games in that series to actually improve on where they were last year in the playoffs, which was one win. I think that's a victory. And I think it would. I like, don't think that's a victory. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to say it's. You, would, you would not call that. You would not have called that a victory before the season started. I think it'll be redemption relative to where they were. You know, this was a team we were thinking like, yeah, they might slide to like fifth worst in the league. And, and, you know, so credit to all the players, credit to Donovan. They didn't drop the rope. They came back. They played really hard. They fought back to give themselves, you know, realistic hope of getting into the seven eighth spots and, and making the playoffs this year. So I think the last month has been, you know, maybe six weeks has been really good. But, I mean, if I was going to talk about the season as a whole, I, I, I don't know what it would have to happen to qualify it as a success, but. Well, what defines success from this point forward, in your opinion, what would be a successful season? Um, winning a round in the playoffs. And that's going to be very difficult, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe if you if you took the one seed or the two seed to, like, seven games, maybe I'd also call that a success. Absolutely, that would be but, a success. You know, a lot of it to me is, and I said this, this goes way back, when we traded for Vooch, I defined success as getting to the second round of the playoffs. And, you know, like I just, so to me, that is what you need to do. Because if you were able to take a one or two seed to seven, that would mean something a little bit more. Um, but, But that is where you're excited about. I mean, this wasn't an exciting season to watch, right? Up until recently, it's just been really bad to watch. So it's not like you enjoyed the ride the whole time and then you got to the, you know, like this was a a really difficult ride for most of the season. And 
you know, if they didn't have a couple of games in the playoffs, like like last year was a fantastic ride at the beginning, right? Yeah. Like there was nothing like that this year. Um, maybe the last few weeks have been like that, except that <laughs> so like uh, so miserable from where they were that it was hard to appreciate as much, you know, because you had to overcome this built up misery. But um, yeah, and and where are you going next year? You know, then becomes the question that you got to figure out. And I think that gets into our Kobe White discussion. Let's get into Kobe White. Kobe White today, again, another stellar game. Over the last few weeks, he's just played at a very high level, I think, and played very, very well, uh, especially in the month of March. Today, 19 points, uh, six rebounds, four assists, eight of 13 shooting, uh, two of five from the three point line. Just another great game. Huge game off the bench. Um, and it leads to the question of the day, which I brought up in another one of my great polls. You saw this one, right, DT? I hope so. I did see this one. Let's I saw ass- this one. Let's assume another team offers restricted free agent Kobe White a contract this summer. What is the max you would match? I gave some options, 8 to $10 million, 11 to 12, 12 to $16 million per year, and the last option was I wouldn't match and let him walk. So... What one was 11 to 12 million per year? 39% of the fan base voted that, almost 500 votes. Um, second was 12 to 16, and third was 8 to 10. You felt like you wanted another option, which was 5 million a year. Is that correct? Uh, five to eight. Okay. All right. All right. So what you're telling me is you would, you would not want to see the Bulls if someone offered him 11 million a year to match that contract. Um, I don't know. I would think about it really hard. I didn't say I would pick five to eight. I just said, like, there's a pretty good chance he's getting less than eight million a year. You can't believe that if he continues to play at this level, right? The way he's played in the last six weeks. Let's say he finishes the season with 20-some games where he's averaging, you know, 14 to 16 points on pretty good efficiency. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like, he's played really well in March. He played pretty well in February. I mean, you're basically looking at a 30-game sample size of Kobe White that was good in his career. And, you know, we've seen guys make big money off that, right? I'm not going to say that it doesn't happen. Sometimes people fall in love with someone over a short sample size. But, boy, there's a sure chance that that just might not happen, too. Either way, I'd offer him the qualifying offer. I definitely would not proactively offer him anything. I would wait to see what else comes in, and then I would make my decision from there. And it depends what else you're doing with your money. And you know, one of the things that he fits under an exception, and that you expect there to be a cap rise coming soon. So you know, some of his deal is going to look like better, even even with the cap rise. So they did say they're going to implement cap smoothing in the next salary cap, so there won't be this massive jump. So you won't get the full, you know, benefit of that. Um, but. I would I would probably match at least the mid-level exception which is going to be I think 11 million in the around order. 11 million. Yeah, yeah. around the I don't think he'll get more than the mid-level exception just because there's not that many teams that can bid more than that usually and you know the ones that are I think you know, they set their sights higher than someone like Kobe White like it's usually you're in a bad position if you're offering someone like Kobe White like 18 million a year. Um yeah, but it's tough. Like I said there's just not a lot of you know, if you look at his season stats, they're not very good. Like, no matter how you slice them, advanced metrics. So not just like the raw totals, which have obviously been really good lately, but like everything, the like efficiency, the advanced stuff, his on the season, his stats aren't that good. Like, is this like a last, like I said, right now it's around, you know, maybe 20 games that have been really good. And, you know, to, to bet a huge amount of money based on a 20-game sample size for a guy who's been really streaky in the past is is a little bit dicey. Kobe's had an interesting career. Obviously, his rookie year was cut short by the COVID. And right before that rookie year ended, he was playing at a very high level. I mean, he had a, uh, I think, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he went about 10 games, averaging 25 points. Obviously, that team was in the heart of a rebuild, essentially, and he was getting a ton of minutes and a ton of options and a ton of shots. The next year, was it next year or his third year where he suffered the injury in the offseason that kept him out until... December. Uh, he sh- suffered a shoulder injury. I can't remember if it was his second season or his third. Um, but regardless, I thought it that would have been his third season that happened. Yeah. So that was I'm not mistaken last year. And then he didn't come back, obviously, to December. 
I thought, yeah, I agree with you that I was somewhat disappointed in Kobe to start this year. Uh, but I think over the last, especially, number one, his defense this year, all year, to me, has been improved. I think he's definitely taken a step on that end. In terms of, like, passing, in terms of facilitating for others, in terms of rebounding, he's always been good for his position. Uh, I've never had any concerns about him losing confidence. He's always been shot the ball when he's open. He's never had an issue like we have with some of our other players of stepping up and actually taking the shot. And and he he has zero fear, I guess is the best way of putting it, when he plays. I've always liked Kobe White. Uh, But I was fine with letting him walk at this point over the last two months. I don't, I don't want to say I was fine with letting him walk. I would have preferred that the Bulls got something in return for him, and I, it was understood that they were actively shopping him. But now, at this point, the way he's played the last two months, 60 days, you can't just let him walk. I think that'd be a massive mistake. Um, and it, I, I don't think Kobe is a guy that you can say it'd be a massive mistake on. It might be a mistake. But like, do you like what is the highest ceiling you could see Kobe White achieving? Um, I could see him being a CJ McCollum type of player. I think he's got that in him to be a, a really good. You think Kobe can be a near All Star scorer. scorer? Yes, I think he can average twenty points per game in the league if he gets that opportunity. I mean, obviously he's been coming off the bench. He's behind several guards on this team. He's kind of like in a weird. It's a very guard heavy team. He's kind of in a weird position. But in the last 60 days, I think I've seen enough also at, at points in his rookie year that I would say I could see him becoming like a C.J. McCullough after four or five years. Doug, he's 23 years old. He's very young. Is he 23 or <laughs> very 22? Young. 23. Only, he's only 22. 22. He's only 22. He's 20. Oh, no, he's 23. I'm sorry. It's his 22-year-old season. He's only 23. So he's 23 Man, years Pat old. Pat Williams has got a couple of years left still. Well, Pat Williams is going to be 22 in August. Yeah, he's, 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 he's had far more only 22 next year. I, all I'm saying is Kobe's still young, right? He's not. He's he, five he really years. He hasn't had prime. far more. He really has not had more opportunities. Kobe White has played nearly twice as many minutes as Patrick Williams. Well, he's been in the league twice as long, right? Yeah. So you just said you said Patrick Williams had far more opportunities to start. He's and had play. about half as many uh, opportunities. No, 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 no. He's averaging more minutes, Patrick Williams. I would say for in his playing time than Kobe White has. I don't have it in front of me, but well, I'd be willing to bet that. Well, because Pat Williams was injured almost his whole second year, Kobe White has had like more minutes over his first three years than Pat did. So far? By a pretty good margin. Their first three years together, if you add them all up, their numbers have to be somewhat equal because Kobe White missed a good portion of his one of those years. He didn't really miss that many games comparatively. Well, what, what is what is the totals? What, what are the totals? Do you have them in well, front of you? Uh, I think... I'd I'd have to to like eyeballing it. it to me, it looks like uh, yeah, maybe it's not quite as close, quite as far as I thought. About a thousand more minutes for Kobe White over three years. How many more games? He probably played a lot more since since uh, he hasn't been. Injured. I don't got it in front of me. It doesn't matter. My only point is, it's not like it's not like Kobe White barely had any chances. He had a lot of chances, and he's played really well in the last two months. Like I mean, like maybe to go back to something you said. You said you were ready to give up on him, and he's changed your mind over the last two months. And like anyone who wants Kobe White should feel that way, because prior to the last two months, he was complete trash. This I, year. I don't think he was trash. He was just That's he was his shooting percentages. His shooting percentages were just awful. He was playing very just well defensively. Awful. I thought he was rebounding. Well I don't know that I'd say very well. Like he's improved. He's improved. Like I don't think anyone is going to say like Kobe White's now a defensive stopper though. I didn't think he was like, trash, though, Doug. I think you're way strong on that. He was maybe, playing. Maybe, at, I don't know. Depends what you, yeah. Let me put it this way. He was playing at a sub $5 million a year rate. He was likely going to sign a minimum contract if he did not. Like, if you just re- removed the last two months, Kobe White would be somewhere on the vet minimum next year, which shows you how fast someone's fortunes can change because now he's probably going to get like $50 million. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think so. If he keeps on playing like he has, he's, it's pretty. Yeah, consistent I'm not. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that as a negative towards you or to Kobe. I'm just saying when you say like he's turned your opinion, anyone who wants him now has had their opinion turned. If you were looking at him like how he was playing the first three months of this season, and you thought he was playing fantastic, you were delusional. If he kept playing at that level, it was really bad. 
So he, and part of that was opportunities. Like, I, I don't think he got consistent minutes and consistent ways, or whatever. Now he's gotten those opportunities more consistently and he's really delivered. Like, I, I think Kobe White's been fantastic. I don't know if you remember this, Fred. At the beginning of last offseason, I said, people are way too down on Kobe White. He has as much of a chance to be a really good player as Io DeSumo. And everyone is super high on Io. No one is giving Kobe the time of day. But these guys are like the same age. They're both going to be free agents at the end of this season. The Bulls should not view one guy more favored than the other right now. They have equal chances to kind of be the guy that shines. And everyone thought I was crazy for giving Kobe like the light of day. But I think that's what we've seen. You know, Kobe, Kobe has improved. You should look at age a lot more than you look at, you know, just, just any other factor when you're looking at how much headroom someone still has. Fair enough. I mean, at that time, I think Io, Io's had more of a disappointing year. He hasn't taken as much jump as I expect him to take. And it's primarily because he hasn't shot the three well. Like, all my issues with him are around his shot. I wanted to see a little bit better. But let's look at, I'm going to throw out some numbers here. In the last 21 games, Doug, what do you think Kobe White is shooting from the three-point line on five attempts per game? So that's pretty high usage right there. Five attempts per game. What do you think he's shooting in the last 21 games? So this is from February um, February 13th, right before the All-Star break, to uh, today. Well, not, not, today's numbers aren't included, but he had a great game today. Um, I don't know. I'll guess uh, 45%. 42%. 42.5%. I, I remember seeing a stat that he was over 40, so yeah. I just guessed. Yeah, 42.5% yeah, right. on five attempts. That's a massive. If we're shooting 48.4% from the field. And here's Very he solid. Hasn't missed a free throw in, in since for over a month. So he's shooting 1,000% from the line. Three rebounds per game in 26 minutes. I mean, how many free throws has he taken in the last uh, month? Like 10? <laughs> I don't know. What's that. I'll have to look that up. But it, regardless. I mean, he's not a high free throw guy. Like, I can't remember the last time Kobe went to the line more than once in a game. Uh, it's the, he's probably only averaging under one per game <laughs> in that period. But regardless, he still hasn't missed a free throw. Four assists. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Here's another, part of his, here's another part of his game that's uh, right, undersold. Right. 4.5. Two assists per game in 26 minutes. His passing, I think, is tremendously improved. 11.5 points in only 26 minutes in the last 21 games. That's a significant time period, a significant swap of games. You know, hey, I mean, the guys. Can I, can I throw one point of um, Kobe, gonna, Kobe gonna, White love out there? You, you, all right. Love, or are you going to throw a, a, a great. No, 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 no. It's actual love. Okay. Good. Actual love. It's not a not fake love. Um, Kobe White down to 1.4 turnovers per 36 minutes. And this is the best assist to turnover ratio, you know, that he's ever had. And, and so one of the things I thought about with Kobe when he was in his first couple of seasons was he was very sloppy with his ball handling. Yeah. And it's gotten better. Very, very good at keeping the ball, controlling it, not turning the ball over now. Like, like really exceptional in that area. For a guy who's got pretty good usage. Uh, he has a really low turnover rate. And and so I, th- I, I just think that's another nice thing to throw out there about him uh, because that was definitely one of the things that was uh, a weakness, I thought, in, in the past. And uh, he, he's really done a nice job to, to correct. For all those people that are saying, oh, it's got to be Kobe or it's got to be Io. There's no choice. You got you to gotta, you gotta pick one or the other. I, I'm not in that camp. Like, I really want to see those two guys. I think those two guys have played really well together in the backcourt with Kobe's improved passing. I think they're both combo guards that you can play with each other, especially since Kobe's improved so much in the defensive end. I like those two guys heading the backcourt on the second unit. And I think you really could have something here with those two guys and Patrick Williams, if he keeps on improving and, and playing at a, at a high level, I think off the bench. Patrick's been really good off the bench, shooting the ball well, getting a little bit more aggressive, rebounding the ball. All you need is another, you know, board guy or you know, a guy who can protect the rim, and you you got something in that second unit right there, and you've seen it. Yeah, that's I why mean, we're well, that's why we're we, a lot better. Here we go. What are you gonna we do? We get another gonna... rebounder, and we could be like a forty-four win team. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. No, I mean, I mean, like it. Yeah, I agree with you that there's no reason that you have to only pick one of those guys, and 
once you start working with exceptions, it's a lot easier to keep your own guys than to get different guys. You know, because you're not under the cap, so you have limited ability to bring in those other guys. Well, these guys count as bird right exceptions. So I think there's a pretty fair chance that these guys both come back. It, it, it'll be hard to come up with a better off-season plan for the Bulls than to run it back. Like, you're, you're kind of either in a situation with them where it's either best to run it back or it's best to just blow it up. And I don't think they're going to blow it up. And so, you know, then it's like to get cap space, you've got to get rid of Kobe, Vooch, um, Io's cap hold is very small, so you could probably keep Io. But you got to get rid of Kobe and Vooch, and then you can, you'll have like I think like I don't know less than they maybe have twenty million or something then to like replace them both with, and it's just going to be hard to do. So, you know, it, don't be surprised at all if the Bulls offseason ends with them having a fairly similar roster going into the next year. Well, yeah, no doubt. That's what they're going to probably do. That's the only thing they can do. And you know what? I think that might be the smartest move. I don't think it's. I, I think. You know, you got Ball and his in in the mount that we still owe him. You know, who knows what's going to happen to him? I think you have to assume that he's not going to come back. Um, yeah, you can't. You have to done. assume Ball's never playing another game. Exactly, yeah. and that that'd be a smart move. But the way Kobe's improved in the last thirty days, like that loss to me is lessened by the fact that you can get away with starting like Pat Bev, and then when you have uh, when you have uh, Kobe. And, and Io together in that second unit, you're going to win some games that way. I, I think they've kind of stumbled onto something. The team is clearly better with Pat Bev starting, clearly better with Caruso starting. They've kind of like maybe cooking with some gas here with this second unit lineup, and it's not a, it's not a bad thing. And where you're hoping for then is in fast improvement with Io, Kobe, and Williams, these young players on the team. And if you can get that, and you can move up to 46, 47, maybe even 50 wins next year. What say you? I think that's extraordinarily optimistic. Like, if you were to put boundaries about, like, things that are reasonable to happen, that's probably within reasonable, but that's at the very far optimistic range of reasonable. Like, it, it could happen, but, I mean, you're, you're betting on three guys to, to get make meaningful improvements at ages where – a lot of the potential is starting to be tapped out. Like, it's not crazy that a guy at, like, 22 still makes some really big jumps. But by the time you've played, like, five, 6,000 minutes in the league, like, the odds of that start going down a lot. Yeah. So, so it could happen. And they've, they've all shown signs. Like, Kobe has definitely shown a lot of signs lately. Uh, Pat has shown signs lately. So it's not like there's no indicators that would be successful. So definitely a chance. The other thing I, I've thrown out there before, though, that's tough for the Bulls is, Really, they've just been remarkably healthy. You know, we it doesn't seem that way because Lonzo Ball's been out, but you have to take Lonzo Ball out of the equation because you knew pretty early on he was going to miss this whole year. And once that was obvious, and now you know he's going to miss next year already, you know, once, once you knew Lonzo was just out for the year, like they've not really had any other major injuries at all. Like everyone right. stayed pretty healthy, You're right? Just and that's Caruso, be, uh, you know, Caruso's missed a few yeah, here and there. Caruso misses games, and he's gonna continue to miss them the way he plays. Like he's not gonna be any healthier ever, you know. Like he just throws his body along like crazy, which we love. We love Caruso, but like he's not a guy you would ever expect to play eighty-two games, is he? Like you got to pencil him in for like twenty losses the way he play, plays. Plays. Oh, sorry, twenty games lost the way he plays. But, you know, like Zach's basically played the whole season. DeMar's basically played the whole season. Vooch has basically played the whole season. You know, Pat's basically played the whole season. Uh, you know, Kobe's been available the whole season. Like, so it's like you go in next year and it's like, okay, like that. You're, you're also beyond counting on three guys to make pretty big step forward. You're also counting on pretty much everyone to stay healthy again. And I, I just feel like, wow, that to, to do that two years in a row would be, would be really fortunate. You know, I, I, not not that I'm trying to wish the injury bug on anyone. Just it would be really fortunate if you had that kind of luck with health. You know, it's pretty amazing not, not that you called this out. Demar Derozan, seventy games. Uh, it's, I think the Bulls have had what seventy-seven games so far. Is that right? Let me try to think. Oh, I think it's 70, 78, 78, 78 games. So seventy-eight games. Well, this. So I'm looking at the stats before today's game. Seventy. Yeah. For Demar, seventy-three for Zach. Just take a step back and think about that. All the concern after he missed the first. First game of the season, which is hilarious. Yeah, he's played <laughs> seventy three games. You know, he's he's been remarkably healthy, and he looks fantastic since the All Star break. Uh, Vooch yeah, seventy played in every game. 
one good thing about Bucci is door uh, is very durable. Patrick Williams, 77 games, 78 games. You know, he's played every game. Uh, Io, 75, so he's only missed a few. Kobe White, 69. I mean, and Andre Drummond, 63. Virtually every other player is – Caruso's played 63. So, um, and, and I think Andre, you know, had, uh, had some uh, – Obviously, he had some personal issues he needed to take some time for, and he had a couple DNP coaches, DNP coaches' decision. Overall, this team has been remarkably healthy outside of Javante Green, who, you know, come on, he's not a, he's not a difference maker. Let's just put it that way. Compared to other teams in, in the East, I mean, it's not even, it's not even comparable, right? So we, you're, you're bringing up a good point. Ball is a very tough injury and a key one. But uh, every team has had. To but he's not coming else. back. Yeah, so you, I mean, he's not coming back. So he's already out of the picture next year, and he was out of the picture this whole year. So like that's, you just can't factor him in when doing that calculus, um, because it's not like it was an in-season injury. Like in terms of in-season injuries, the Bulls have had basically very, very good luck. Good point. Good point. So hopefully next year, though. I mean, in fairness to the Bulls, Vooch has been durable his whole career. He's not a guy who gets hurt a lot. Um, Demar has been a, a very durable player, so those two guys are extremely durable. Yeah. Zach, no, but you know he's had a good year in terms of fighting the injury bug. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying it. I'm just saying holistically, it's unlikely any team has that level of health. Without trying to get into the specifics of guy versus guy, I hope it happens. I'm just saying it's a risk factor. Like you start weighing in, like well, the potentials are this guy, this guy, this guy gets better. You know, and then you start looking at the risks. Like the risks are well, we were. Had way above average health this year, so that that's like a risk compared to next year. And then you know you have the risk of Demar or Vooch if they if they're both here. I mean Vooch might not be. Demar probably will be. Um, if they're both here, like those guys are at ages where they could start seeing some decline. You know, so there's like other risks you have. What do you say but about? We'll see so, how it goes. So are, are you leaning towards? I'm I'm firmly in a camp though now at this point. I don't think we should blow it up. I think you got to go for it. You got to hope that Williams, uh, Kobe continues to develop into a really good NBA player, and Io improve. Your young players improve. Get the improvement from there. Hopefully, you got something in Dale and Terry. I don't know. Who knows? Um, but you know, the, and you just got to bring it back. You got to run it back with this team instead of blowing it all up, uh, regardless of what happens in the first round. What, what do you? What say you? What do you think if you trade Demar? And you trade Vooch. I think you can get and a late first-round pick for DeMar in the offseason. So, so say you don't get a first-round pick. Say you trade DeMar for two role players that are in their like upper 20s. Mid-upper 20s. I don't even know what trade this would be. But like some, like two guys who could be in the rotation. And you, you trade Vooch and you bring in like a defensive-oriented center. And you bank on Kobe and Pat making enough offensive improvements and to, to keep a good offense going. Uh, but now you're able to add more shooting and you're able to have a real rim protector in there all the time. I think that's like another approach other than saying we're just going to blow it up or we're going to just like run it back with this team that's got some really key pieces that are aging that might be viable. So, like, a team like the Lakers might bite on that? Is that what you're thinking? A couple of their role um, players? I don't, know who the other, I don't know who the other team would be because the Lakers don't really have two guys that I think would match that. The Knicks? Um, like that's what I'm saying. The Obi Toppin or getting, getting one of their young guys, yeah. Grimes? Yeah, I mean, the Knicks might be a team. I, I, like I said, I haven't looked in depth as to who the team would be. But it's like a, a thing that I think would maybe be interesting. That's all. Like the idea that what if you don't what if you don't try to trade Jamar or Demar for prospects or Gooch for prospects? What if you just tried to trade them for pieces that fit the team better? And in Demar's case, have like a lower total talent, right? Like Demar is this high level of talent. But what if you got two kind of instead of like like Demar is maybe a second option quality player? You know, what if you got two guys who are like you know, fifth caliber starters, but could shoot the three, you know, maybe like three and D type guys, 
and you know fit into what you want to do and you're able to get like a defensive oriented center i it's just like a different thought instead of just saying like yeah let's just run it back or let's let's blow it up like if you want to look at like a different thing in the middle like could we could we take some of these pieces and build pieces that fit better and then also extend our window a little bit like if you get a couple guys in their 20s you extend your window a little bit compared to what you have now you know, because Zach is still reasonably young, and then these other guys you have up and coming, if, they, if they're able to take step fo- steps forward, then you can keep those guys together as your core, and now you've got some solid role players in there. I'd have to think a little bit more about what names I would put to that, and if there's even a team that would make that type of trade. But I just think there might be options out there that are, are like less, less set in those two ways. I think, I think most fans tend to look at it kind of like as one of these two choices. We're either going to keep doing what we're doing, or we're going to you know, blow it all up and, and maybe what is emerged with Pat Williams and Kobe White playing a lot better is a another option of can we retool around this thing to give ourselves a little bit longer window and maybe we lose a little bit of total talent, but we come back with much better fitting talent and solve some of our, you know, deepest needs. Hmm. So you're saying the only option real re- realistic option to retool quickly is a trade DeMar. I don't know if it's like the only realistic option, but if you think of like one guy in the team that maybe causes a lot of problems while still having a lot of talent, it's DeMar. Can't shoot the three. And he really holds the ball a long period of time and kind of can stagnate the offense. And if you think that Kobe White and Pat Williams have more offense in the tank but can't show it, Getting rid of these two guys, Vooch and Damar, that use up just a ton of possessions is going to give them the opportunity to grow. So like if, you, if you really feel like you believe in these guys and there's like a next wave of youth that can come and do well, getting rid of maybe these like veteran high usage guys you know, might be a benefit to those guys to come in and have a chance. Hmm. I, I'm not saying I'm like all in on that plan necessarily. I'm just saying it's another plan that I think is not talked about at all. And maybe is, is something you could think about doing. Uh, again, I, maybe by next podcast, I'll see if I can find if there's any opportunities where I think it would make sense. Like both teams would be like, yeah, I would do that. Uh, I'm not sure that there are. Maybe there, there just are no opportunities out there to do that. But I, I think it's like another thing that we'll at least look at. I've changed over the last, since the All-Star break, just because of the way that Levine has played. Probably before the All-Star break, I was like more willing to trade him for the mother load with New York. I just think he's such a good shooter and he's such a modern day type of player on the offensive end. I, I'm all for trying to find a way to keep him on whatever iteration of a team we're building going forward. I think he's kind of been unfairly maligned this year in many ways, many respects. I know you, in previous episodes you took a shot at him, but I think in the last three weeks I've, I've really come around on him and Kobe and I think we have something here. Well, you've come around on guys who've just played radically better than they were playing before. <laughs> well, that's like, a like, good I mean, reason like, to come around. Like, all I'm saying, yeah, but all I'm saying is when you use the phrase come around, it makes it sound like the information was static, but you've changed your mind. What you have done is you have adapted to a bunch of new information. So when you say like a month ago, I was down on this guy, but you've now come around. You make it imply like nothing has changed within the last month that like maybe my opinion could change too. Or like, you know, like, I'm just saying it's like a, it's a different <laughs> statement. Like yeah. these guys have both earned the right for people to start coming around by playing a lot better. Fair enough. You know, and yeah, I was so just more just pro maybe DeMar, I, I would say yeah. for the most part. until the I was very non pro DeMar. I, was, I mean, like I, maybe I should say this. I think DeMar has played really well. I just like, what are you doing with him? Like, he's, he's a hard guy to fit guys around. You're not ready to win anything right now. You know, at the same time, because of that, he might be a really hard guy to get any value for. Um, I'm going to throw out this trade, and I'm less enthusiastic about this now than I was in the past, but what if you could trade Zach to Orlando for Jonathan Isaac, Gary Harris, both expiring deals, just matching salary? Uh, you're, you get your own pick back. You get Orlando's pick, assuming it's not top three where the franchise players are, uh, which would probably be like sixth or something around that that area, and maybe like a twenty twenty five Orlando first. As a I trade. love 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 Jonathan Isaac as a defender. He's one of the best I've ever seen. 
ever when he's healthy. Problem is, he's never healthy. So I. Well, this is just to match salaries. This isn't like I think Isaac's going to do anything. Well, if you're going to be trading for Jonathan Isaac, you better you, you need to make him part of what you're building because he's still not that old. Well, in this case, what would be part of what you're building is probably two lotto picks and another pick in 2025. You're getting your pick this year back, which will probably be mm-hmm. like 13th, 13th, maybe. or somewhere around there. Something like that. Four. Let's say you get number four, six, four and number thirteen in this year. No, for Zach. <laughs> no one's giving you that for Demar. Come on. Um, I, I'm not doing it, Doug. Here's my official position. Okay. Uh, here's what I want to do. I want to come back with this team and and bet on that Io, Kobe, and Williams can improve enough to to move the needle. I, I think that's probably the best way to go. I know you don't like that option. Uh, um, I'm not. I mean, I've not said that. I think that's probably. I, I think you're basically at this point where it's like, there's no really great choices. I think that's a reasonable choice. Correct. Right. I I threw out the Zach trade just because everyone is focused on the Knicks trade, and I think Orlando's a better trade partner. Like that's way more than the Knicks would give us, because you'd get two draft picks right away that are in like pretty good range. Whereas the Knicks picks all have all this protection and stuff on them that they're not. I'm that just not real high on trading for t- picks in the teens because. More likely than not, like that's they're never going to be as good as Zach the Levine. They're not going to be Zach. Well, that's what I just said. You're going to get like a number six overall in this trade. Like if you do the New York trade, you might be getting picks yeah, all in the twenties. Th- there's no way the Magic will. Maybe they would. I don't know. I think in the Magic, well, you're you get the point, Magic, and you're get, like, uh, like they need to get a they guy. They need a star player. Yeah, yeah. They need to get a guy, and who who could they get that would be better than Zach Levine for that deal? And I think the answer is no one. Yeah, like yeah. I don't know that the Magic would do it. I'm just saying, if you wanted to blow it up, I would call the Magic and see if they're interested. Because I think, like, they're they're. If I was the Magic, I would be interested in that. I would say though, I'd be like, yeah. I think if the Knicks go out in the first round, which I anticipate they will, I think they'll be in the mood to make some really crazy moves. And none of them don't have any really, really crazy assets. Yeah, well, well, I that that's where I differ on you. I really like some of their younger players. I think Obi Toppin. I love Obi Toppin. I think he's got the abilities to be a star in a different situation. I like quickly, obviously quickly, I think has played his way into untradeable status with New York. Um, he's been so good lately. Grimes, they got some good young players. Um, R.J. Barrett. I, think I like R.J. Barrett a lot. All of, those, all of those guys to me are, like none of those guys are star, star potential players. I'm going to write the date and the time when you said Obi, because I really feel like he's going to be really good with another team. He's just got to get off of Thibodeau's thumb, and I think you're going to see him blossom. Hey, man, we're already at 49, 50 minutes, so i got to wrap this up. But I did want to go to one more topic. Just share your thoughts, and we finally met Marquet from Australia, our friend. Uh, who would have guessed that we would attend a game on the anniversary of Denzel Valentine's, the Valentine's, massacre on St. Patrick's Day from 2017 or 18. I can't remember where. But we would be in the same stadium again for the first time with Marquet from Australia celebrating that monumental event. What did you think about our time with with yeah. our, our young friend? I mean, I was excited when you unveiled your Denzel Valentine tattoo. I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> how about the and, uh, how about the gifts I shared with Mark? Anybody isn't aware of this? Uh, I gave Mark a priceless Denzel Valentine basketball card. It wasn't a rookie card, though. It was his second-year card, which makes it even yeah, more Yeah, by exciting. priceless, you mean it's worth zero. <laughs> it's worth at least <laughs> 10 cents, nothing. according to the the, the eBay. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I mean, now I, I really enjoyed meeting I got to tell you, he was a lot taller than I expected. I just envisioned him being like about 5'1 or 5'2, but he was actually normal human height, you know, 5'10 or so. Yeah. My, my favorite story of meeting Marquet is when we were hanging out and Joe Cowley came up and you just tried to just repeatedly convince everyone that you got Marquet and Joe Cowley to talk <laughs> because true. of your song. And the first like three times you tried to say it, everyone was just ignoring you. And then you tried to start singing it. And then finally Joe Cowley had to be like, yeah, yeah, Fred, we get it. And then you stopped. It was just my 
my favorite parts. I don't remember you it like just, that. Well, you, we were just going on and on about it. And like it was just like people are like, okay, okay, we got it. We got it. It was like a four, four-year-old telling that same knock-knock joke ten times I just row. don't believe. And then eventually all the parents have to laugh just to get everyone to stop. I just don't believe that if I didn't exist that Mark and, and Joe would have got together. I think that song did a tremendous amount of good for both of them. And as soon as I completed, I don't think anyone we'll bring thought anything about your song <laughs> okay. at all. Well, I will say, and I think the, I do. I do agree with you. If it weren't for you, I kind of think like Mark may not have come. I think you were one of the big reasons Mark came to Chicago. <laughs> I don't think that's so that, true, but I appreciate you. Saying I, that. I think it is. I think it is. I think your relationship with Mark was one of the big reasons he came. Was just to meet you. I, I, I do feel like I probably am responsible for about 7,500 of his 10,000 followers. I, I have no idea how he passed me up in followers. I, it's so disturbing. Cause I can't tell you how many people have said, come up to me or, or emailed me or whatever. They're like, do you get along with that guy? I really enjoy your arguing back and forth, you know, all that stuff. Um, and, and it was great to finally meet him in person. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I was bummed out, though, that I mean, we went I- to Lou Malnati's and they didn't bring out a cake for him. I mean, come on. I don't know why you think Lou Malnati's is bringing out a cake. <laughs> or why you want a cake. Want, like, like you didn't have enough pizza, you needed a cake. What? Like, Jesus, how could you have eaten I wanted, I wanted them to sing. You know, like you see those songs where they come out and they sing to people. I thought he came all the way from Australia. Come out with a cake and sing. Come on. Well, we, we should have we should have taken him to Outback and had them sing. <laughs> all right. would have been, what would they have sung? Any, at any home rate. Sweet, it was, home Sweet Home by uh, Molly It was Molly great Crew. to see Mark. Yeah, it was great to see him. It was <laughs> it a lot was, of fun. It was, it was great to see Mark. It was great to meet him. It was uh, it, it was a lot of fun to uh, to do so. Love meeting all the Bulls fans. Yeah, it was great to see Pack. It was great to see Big Dave. I mean, what a great time that was. Um, and it was a good game, too. Phenomenal game against uh, Minnesota. So I mean, it, it was yeah. just—it was a really good experience. My only regret is I had to go to Orlando on Monday, and I didn't get to—I would have liked one more day to bring the guitar or bring the basketball. Those one of those two things: either bring my guitar or the basketball, and we could have worked on some songs, jammed out some stuff. Um, but it was still fun, and it was still great, and it was good to find. And not only that, how about Will? Will Godley, man, guy's a lot better looking than I expected. Would you agree? Uh, I mean, I gotta be honest. I never considered how good looking. <laughs> I, heard, I heard Mark. Not I heard Mark in one of their um, shows talking about like, "Oh, we look alike, and we're both super handsome," or something like that to that effect. And I'm like, "Will's got Mark." They definitely look alike. They, they look a little alike. They definitely look Will's alike. got him beat. They look Come a lot alike. It's not that close. Either way, it was great to meet Will. I'd not met Will before, and uh, it was it was nice to meet Will. So it was it was cool. I uh, I sat and talked with Will for quite a long time while you guys were just. You know, talking with Joe, Joe Colley, Colley. It was fun. Pulpit. It was fun. Yeah, we were talking. And I was Joe. like, yeah, I know. I want to. I want to talk with Will Gottlieb. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I, that was my one. Another regret is I choices, didn't Fred. You got to make choices. Will, but, you know, Joe and I go way back, and it was good to to get a lot of those inside stories, which were really uh, yeah cool. And I, I did want which him to I finally admit that pretty my much song any brought, of them. That, brought them together. You're right. I know you did. You bugged up a couple times. <laughs> on that note, Doug, I gotta go because this song. I gotta. I gotta uh, work on some songs and, and get to bed. I need my sleep. But DT, it's great to finally bring the bus back, and we're gonna k- keep this going, right? We're gonna commit to this as yeah, the season yeah, wraps yeah. up. We'll keep right. We'll keep it going. I'm. I'm gonna be in Houston. I think the last week of the season, so that might might be a little tricky, but uh, we will find time. Sounds good. To ride the bus. All right, buddy. Good talking to you, T. Until next time. <laughs> nice talking. Until next time. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.